subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck and I got a chance to catch up yesterday, and I felt like I was almost getting called out a little bit as we were talking about his podcast. I have not taken down our Christmas lights in the house in three years. We were discussing three years. Three years. years. They're still hanging up from our Christmas party three years ago. Inside, For those that don't know what I'm talking about, Chuck was talking about this on the latest edition of the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast Mm. yesterday. And there's a small Christmas tree currently on our dining room table that I have no plans to take down at any point. Now, you live with one other guy? The owner of the house. Okay. And he's... How much is he responsible for decorating for Christmas? Or is this all you? There was not a single thing he put up. We bought those Christmas lights. this is all you. Yeah, we bought those Christmas lights for that Christmas party years ago. And then my grandma, who lives in Tulsa, gave me that tree and said, you need to put this on your table. You always adhere to what your grandma says. So I did that. And I just, I'm not going to take it down. So I am one of the few. I don't think grandma meant you should leave it up year round, though. It's going to get left up. It's a good decoration. What I was talking about were the people that string the lights up outside and leave them up all year long. They never come down. Now, they don't turn them on. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you walk up to their house, you see their Christmas lights. And uh, any door-to-door salesman would tell you that when you walk up to a house and there are Christmas lights up in July, that's somebody that hasn't gotten around to it yet. You're probably going to have to give him a little shove. What is the deadline for taking your Christmas lights down? January 15th. Okay. That's my own personal deadline. Three weeks after Christmas. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I'm keeping them up. I don't. They've been up for three years now. Mine been, are still up, but I don't. No, I think I don't most take people's are still up. But at some point over the next week, it's you know probably time to get them down. As yeah. two homeowners, does that hurt your house value? If you have neighbors that are keeping the Christmas lights up, does that push yeah, your it's property? Probably indicative. Yes, yeah, it push your property. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> Probably indicates the neighborhood, you know. Oh, man. Well, we, we, we just shame those people out of our that's neighborhood. That's exactly right. Shame them out. Shame! We pay somebody shame. to take ours down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we man. We do it the American way. Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> I pay him to put them up and take well, them exactly. down. exactly. I'm not getting on a ladder. Too old for that. You're yeah. Too, you're too valuable, right, Tommy? Well, I just know too many people that have injured themselves, or unfortunately worse, from ladders. So... I, I don't get on ladders very often. Get up on a ladder like that. No, I, I'm, I'll, no. I'll be 61 before the month is over, and there's not a chance no. that you will catch me on a ladder like that ever again. There's a better chance of check catching Chuck on a ladder than me up on a ladder on the roof. <laughs> Eric in Greenwood <laughs> says, "If you never put them up, you don't have to worry about." There you Eric's down. the smart guy in all this. That's right. Eric doesn't have kids at home like I do. Golly. Who think you have to have Christmas lights? 
Well, we went from that text, which is more joking and jolly, to this emotional text from Big Bike and Errol Waldron saying the tree is still up in his house for three years because his wife passed away on Christmas three years ago. Well, well we certainly Mike, sympathize with that. Yeah. You're completely okay. You're exempt, to keep from our, uh, you're exempt from our banter this morning. Then. Mine is just laziness. Yours is, uh, there's some sentimental as- yeah. aspects to that. The 12th day, Jerry says the 12th day of Christmas is January 5th. That's when he yeah. has his wife take everything down. At hey, this point. Before we dive into this Arkansas-Auburn game and the other fair of the morning, uh, yesterday, Chuck, we were talking, was it steak day? We, we got into cooking steaks yesterday. And I bet no less than three or four buddies texted me about it. And I got I was getting pictures from people last night of them preparing their steaks and skillets and in the oven and the different ways that we suggested yesterday morning. Chuck, how when you have a um, you know just go to the grocery store, get your ribeye, get your New York strip, a fillet. What? How is your favorite way to prepare your steak? We, this was something we brought up yesterday, and uh, like most things we bring up in this category, got more traction than we planned. Well, I think if it's going to be perfect, you know, you uh, you put it in the skillet for a little bit, you know, short just just a short amount of time, sear it, sear it up on yeah. each side, and then uh, finish it off on the grill. Yeah, we had a um, we had a pretty lengthy discussion on direct sear versus reverse sear. I, mean, I hate that you missed it. That's why I wanted to well, bring it, it up. Well, it sounds like I, it was a great I, discussion. I'm sure you'd have had a lot of riveting uh, insight on that, but I was surprised that throughout the day I got. Multiple texts from buddies and then, you know, some social media commentary here and there about uh, the cooking tips on the show yesterday morning. They seem to, the, 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 the audience seems to love when we well, talk about cooking. Well, here's the thing. Every guy thinks they're the greatest grill master that ever yep. lived. And uh, so they've all got a tip that can make your grilling better. Yeah. And they're all generally very generous with those tips. Well, whether you want to hear them or not. Ty, uh, I'm sure you did get a lot. Ty was talking that you know the grill was out. Surprise, surprise! His gas grill had no gas. Yeah, surprise, surprise! And then we got down to the bottom of it. He was cooking a, uh, which just nothing wrong with cooking your your steak in a skillet. And then we got no, down to nothing it. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It could be done, and I'm sure it was very tasty. And then when we got down to it, I mean, you really have to judge how you're going to prepare it based on the uh, based on the investment you've made in the meat. And we found out at the end of the conversation these were. Some two for fourteen specials at Aldi, which nothing wrong with that on a weekday night. That's but, expensive, uh, and that's expensive to me. And that was an investment on my part. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather. You have really it. stepped out there on that, huh? I did. What, what are you going to do with the other steak? Eat the eat it next week. Froze it. Yeah, I just. I mean, it it's 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 cut up in the the two package. Oh, it's a vacuum sealed. Yeah, okay, you just got like right. that the setup on that. But yes, it right, was so. a Chuck. You did miss a riveting conversation yeah. yesterday. Well, Sounds like it, yeah. Uh, well, hey, hey, I just wanted to give you your chance. Your, your turn at bat. He did. So. He did say something very similar to what you said. All right. Before we talk Auburn, let's talk to B. A. Who's in El Dorado on the McCarty game. Oh, B. A. Had some good suggestions. He did. Ooh. He's got some nil and some transfer takes this morning. <clears throat> well, good morning, gentlemen. Talking about this uh, with high school transfer. At least, at least this is above board, and and we see it. <laughs> you know, growing up in Texas. I can tell you, there were there were young men that I knew who were fabulous running backs, quarterbacks, and all of a sudden their dad would get a four-year contract in the Odessa Permian Basin on an oil rig out there that he never had to show up for. And um, and those, those kids were transferring out to, to Odessa or Midland Lee or, or one of those schools out there because they were a fabulous running back. I'll tell you a, a better one. 
I was covering uh, on radio. I was covering some Northwest Louisiana football teams, <laughs> and a small school had a really. He was an all-state wide receiver, quick, great hand. All of a sudden, his dad got called into the ministry, and that and that boy transferred to the angel. You can't ignore that call to, to when the angel. when the good Lord calls. Right. What are you going to do? You know, that's right. Now, now his calling was as, as a maintenance tech, but he was a maintenance <laughs> tech at the church. I, 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 I hold my hand and tell the truth. I'm telling I'm going to guess that was happened. a well paid position there, BA. He had a very great paying position in the ministry at Evangel, and uh, that young man ended up taking a, a full ride scholarship to LSU. But uh, yeah, so at least at least this young man announcing on Twitter that he's he's moving school or X or whatever it's called. That's above board. It's so much better than the other stuff that has gone on in years past. And good to hear Chuck back. Finally, some normalcy to balance out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. BA, I thought we Tommy, were friends. Tommy, you have your hands full. You have your hands full of pie every day. Okay? It is all you have in you. I'm surprised you had the strength to get up every day. You finally got some backup so y'all can level this out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with his two for fourteen dollars steaks, we were hiding him. But anyway, <laughs> have a great day, guys. Thanks, BA. I'm curious what LSU star that ended up being because Evangel well, wasn't Miles. The school there for a while. Yeah, that was that's one of the best high schools in the country. For those, that, who was the guy in the movie? Was B- Booby Miles? Wasn't that? Am I remembering Booby. right from Friday Night Live? Yeah, that's probably right. when he said Permian. And I, that immediately, Booby Miles. That yeah. immediately popped in my head. Talk about Friday Night Lights. I guess um, we know how his uh, college career didn't get off to the right start. Yeah. So, so we're only ta- problem. We're talking about Quinn Murphy, who's the young man that transferred from Joe T. Robinson to Parkview. He's got. Several Tell us about. I think a lot of people on the western side of the state may not be as familiar. Um, he's he's a guy that's got offers to Alabama, Georgia, uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Three star guy, right? Three star quarterback yeah. that's probably going to flourish at some point and turn into a four star. Again, Arkansas kids when they're good, they don't necessarily get the ratings that they deserve at some point. Look at the offers. This kid's got offers everywhere at this point. But he announced he's going from Joe T. Robinson, which is by no means it's a bad football no, no, program. No, no, no. But Parkview's already got D1 kids, at least two of them on their roster, maybe three. And he's going to play for one of the best high school teams well, in the state next year. And a, and a great head coach, and a, a, a great coaching staff, but also a step up. And I, I don't know if what I'm getting ready to say is part of his equation, only he could answer this, but... Joe T is 4A in football. This would be a step up in classification. And also, Parkview plays their home games at War Memorial. I don't know if that's a factor or not, but there's some, there are some differences, and I point those out just from that standpoint. But you're exactly right. Joe T. Robinson is a very successful, very proud football program. Well, whether it's public to public or private, public to private or whatever, you know, kids generally want to go play for the for the program that's hot, the program that's cool, mm, you know, the program is. that has yeah. uh, uh, has it going on. Uh, we've seen it in Northwest Arkansas, and you know, I'm going to say this, and 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 this is very much from the outside looking in, not understanding the particulars about this case at all. But I think we need a really good football program in our capital city. And I'm not picking one over the other. I'm not saying, and I'm not talking about a private school either. I'm talking about a public school. We need a really good public school football program in our capital city. A big one with a lot of players, with coaches, with guys who really develop Division I players. Now, I know that there are greater purposes in high school than that. I understand all that. But one of the things, and 
You look around the uh, states that we recruit against, schools we uh, we recruit against, and and the states where they're located. Um, there's some super teams out there. Well, the word and they power generally are close to the capital city of that state, yeah. and you need those teams like that in your state to recruit from. The word powerhouse comes to mind. You know, we used to call them, you know, teams that, or programs like that. That they were they're the powerhouse program. You don't have a Bryant's been that powerhouse program. Now they're not in Little Rock, but they're in the the neighboring community of Bryant. Obviously, I just wonder if Conway will become that. With Buck James there, but your Chuck, your point is well made and it's is accurate. Well, now, Little Rock uh, Central was the powerhouse program for years under Wilson Matthews. And I'm going back, you know, to my father's childhood, but that was the original powerhouse program in our state with Central, you know, sixty years ago. Well, you're right. Um, you can also you can have a powerhouse program and not produce a lot of division one players. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's good for the powerhouse school. But I don't know that it's good for the the college programs in your state that are Division One. Um, I think you need a public school in Little Rock. Turns out those linemen gets those big kids playing, mm-hmm. guys that we used to get all the time. Those guys aren't playing ball anymore, and um, you got to make it cool. You got to make them want to play, and I think you need a program like that. And I know that there are people that don't agree with that and i get it and i'm not suggesting for a single moment that football should be the purpose of the little rock public schools but um football is a classroom too and we got a lot of kids down there that are not involved in that classroom and it's not good for them well cj brown we had arkansas signee cj brown who played his ball at benville and i asked him about that and i mean i know northwest arkansas has good teams fayetteville won the state championship this year benville played him for it um, you referenced Little Rock being the way it is. In 2006, your entire defensive starting line was from Little Rock. Every single one of them. All Little Rock kids. Keith Jackson, Robinson. That entire front four was from the Little Rock public schools. And to it, like you're saying, Blasky Academy has been the premier team in Little Rock for the number of years, but they're not churning out D1 athletes. Bryant has had some guys like Austin Ledbetter who's going to play football and some other guys like the kid that went to IMG. But if you are going to be the best football team in the state, in Central Arkansas or Northwest Arkansas, you can't just be a good coach team in order for Arkansas football to take advantage. You have to have, like you said, those D1 guys, not just once every couple years, every single year. Well, you got to get them playing first. You got to get them out for football first. You got to get them out on the team first, and I'll submit to you that in Little Rock, a lot of those kids aren't playing ball, and um, I think there needs to be a program down there that attracts kids. And I'm not it just just is attractive, that yep. is cool, that has good looking uniforms, that has uh, uh, that's 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 on the front page of the paper every Saturday morning. Cool mascot, um, the whole. If bit. you look at what's happened down there, it's the satellite communities. It's the satellite communities where the good football – it's satellite communities and private schools. And, Ty, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm a, I'm a Fayetteville guy, and if I'm speaking out of turn, you tell me. But my impression from the outside looking in, satellite communities, private schools in Little Rock. Those are the ones that are good at football. You're right accurate, 100. Yeah, percent I mean, Brian, that's not even close. Tommy yeah, referencing Brian, uh, Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, Christian. Parkview's come on as of late, but – the the central Parkview is a magnet school, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. And and was the banner carrier in our state for 
many oh, years in basketball. Yeah, absolutely. In they were the, Charles they were Ripley, the premier woo. program, period. Basketball, yeah. football, whatever. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you go back to, what was it, maybe still the greatest upset in Arkansas high school football history was 1983 when you had a loaded, loaded Little Rock Parkview football team with Keith Jackson, I think one Rouse on that team too, and Southside upset them. I mean, it was a huge upset. Um, I remember when it happened. Yeah. yeah, but 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 the point is, is those teams then yeah. that team then was always a good team, and I, I I'm not picking one school over the other. I'm not even saying I'm right. I'm a Northwest Arkansas guy. No, That's right. my observation as I look at it now, and from the outside looking in, wouldn't bother me at all. Wouldn't bother me at all to see one of those public schools in Little Rock get really good in football. Let me just put that in perspective. My alma mater, Little Rock Christian, should never beat Central by 40-something points or 50-something, which they did earlier. They should, that should never, ever mm-hmm. happen. That Little Rock Christian beats the hell out of Central, ever, in football. And the fact that Central is where they... Now, they've come back in basketball. They've got a really good basketball program now. But the football is just so by the wayside there. And so I thought Southwest would be better under Patton at this point. Hasn't. They haven't. They haven't come around. Um, Funding's got a lot to do with this too. Yeah. And I and 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 I don't understand. I don't. I don't. And when I say I don't understand, what I'm saying is I don't know how they uh, uh, how they fund their programs there. I don't. I don't. I don't have any idea. But I know funding's always an issue. If you look, and we always talk about in-state kids um, being a huge part of Arkansas football and the success that usually follows getting a few talented in-state kids. But it's not just in-state kids. It's the Central Arkansas kids. It's the DJ Willie. And this is those are two private school kids, right? DJ and Joe Adams. But a lot of times, it's Darren McFadden, of course, Oak Grove High School. I mean, those Little Rock, when you look at Arkansas's best teams, it's not just about plucking kids in-state. It's you getting those Little Rock Central Arkansas kids. And maybe Parkview can be the start of building something there that, frankly, Sam Pittman and this staff desperately need, which is improvement of high school football in the central arkansas area we kind of morphed off from that kid transferring from joe t to parkview didn't we we kind of well, morphed we need, off into a whole whole different discussion there but it is to, interesting we needed right. to solve the whole problem i mean we couldn't just well, solve part of the you, problem you Doug. said something that <laughs> needs to be said yeah. which you're exactly right it's been satellites in private schools it's probably again people are like afraid sometimes to criticize arkansas high school football you got to in this case Hey, 2024 is bringing changes for a lot of people. And if that means you're buying or selling a home, let me recommend Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, to you. My experience with them multiple times was better than I thought it was going to be. And I know the housing market's different in different places. I listen to the news, read the paper just like you do. I read about interest rates. And, man, it's important to partner with somebody that knows what's going on. I mean, and has some vision for what may happen, has been through this before, that's professionally trained, best trained in the business. It's probably the most money you're going to spend. Probably the most money you're ever going to spend in your life is on your home. So whether you're a buyer or a seller, whether you're downsizing or moving up in the world, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, is the name you need to remember. They've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're in Branson now. And you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Juwan in Fayetteville has got some thoughts this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Juwan, welcome in. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. How you fellas doing this morning? Doing well, Juwan. I have to say this, Tommy. The biggest upset in Arkansas high school football history is actually, you go back to 2005, 
Mitch Mustang, Gus Malzahn, all the guys were undefeated. They went and played Little Rock Central. Mitch Mustang broke his ankle state championship, and that was Little Rock Central's last state title. And that was a big upset in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what year was that? I'm go- 05. 2005. 05. I was an That's eighth 18 grader. 18 years ago, Central's last title. Wow. And I, I agree with you guys, with Chuck specifically. I wasn't going to call in, but you guys started talking about the high school football topic. I'm a Fayetteville kid. I played at Fayetteville. We had no football history at all until Coach Patton came. I was a part of the first state championship football team. <laughs> and now I look at the trajectory of Arkansas high school football. It's went down like you guys say. Little Rock Central and Pine Bluff were the two premier teams in the state. When you go look at the record books, nobody has as many state titles as either one of those schools, even though they haven't. Pine Bluffs won more, won more recently than Central. But when you look at the record books, it's so far ahead. Coaching has really changed. I remember Coach Lunny used to coach for the Southside Rebels. Well, whenever he left and went to Bentonville, Bentonville became a superpower. And for years, they were just an undefe- They were really, really good. I'm not going to say undefeatable, but they were up there. Yep. I remember 20 years ago, what well, wasn't 20 years ago, about 2005, whenever Springdale went around beating Jinx, Broken Arrow, uh, John Curtis in Louisiana. That was huge for us in the state of Arkansas. Arkansas high school football teams weren't doing that. And the only teams that, are, that were doing it now are Bentonville and Fayetteville. They can go play in any state at any given time because of the coaching. Yeah, Brian, Bentonville Brian's just been went there up too. And played. Yeah, yeah Brian, Brian's been there too, but they haven't tested themselves against as much competition as Fayetteville and Bentonville. They beat uh, Trinity Christian with Cedar Hill, but Broken Arrow goes and plays. I mean, Bentonville will go and play the Broken Arrow Tigers. Well, hey, Joel, we appreciate the call. So Brian beat Shadur Sanders and Dion a couple yeah. years ago. They've been they've tested. Those guys will go play anybody. All your points are perfect. The big the big shift in what you're talking about since 05 and that era to now is Bentonville split into two high schools. Springdale now has Harbor and Springdale High. Rogers has two high schools. There's been a you know, because of the growth and the explosion in northwest Arkansas, there's just there's more schools, and that, that's changed the dynamics as well. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Tom, Auburn's got a lot of returning pieces from an NCAA tournament team last year. Uh, They're walking into Eric Musselman's building ranked. Uh, How do you see this matchup playing out with both benches really being the strength of their team come Saturday at 1 o'clock? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, Auburn's done some two-platoon stuff, which um, you know the Razorbacks were certainly braced for and and did themselves against UNCW, which uh, one of their best performances of the year. Uh, Auburn had not been a, a, a great three-point shooting team so far, but they, they got hot the other night against Penn. And so um, I, I think being able to defend the arc and look, John Ibroom is one of the best big guys in the in the league in the country and he's got a lot of multiplicity to his game so i believe uh i believe they got a rebound real tough too i mean obviously there's a lot of components to the game but i, I think keeping Auburn from getting a bunch of offensive boards is going to be real big too yeah tom they're top 30 in that category and, and him and cardwell are really the the key uh post players they're gonna have is this arkansas's would you say toughest matchup in the post i know they've had filipowski and Edie, but i don't know if they've necessarily had that that big strong one-two punch like auburn seems to have on saturday yeah right the combo yeah a combo guys it, it may be the toughest it's hard to define i thought they did a great job on filipowski of duke actually until you know late in the game during that comeback duke really really went to him so he scored a lot of his points down the stretch when Arkansas had a huge lead. Uh, but, yeah, Auburn, <clears throat> Auburn's got Carwell and Broom and um, certainly is going to provide a, a team that can hurt you on the offensive glass. So, um, you know, there's been a couple of Eric Wilson teams in the past couple of years that uh, you worried about their rebounding prowess. So this, this one's been okay so far. Um, but they've got to really show up on the defensive boards. Uh, you know, when you got a guy like Brazil in there who's, who's improved his rebounding, especially in traffic, uh, his, his length, you can see contested rebounds. He's getting up there about the highest of anybody, and he's been able to hold on to them a lot of times. So um, uh, I, I do believe I, I want to see a little bit more out of Makai Mitchell, and I know that from game to game, uh, different guys, their minutes um, move up and they they change and everything. But I think Makai Mitchell, uh, because he can score, he's, I think I like his offensive game. Um, his rebounding in this one could be a big deal. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, I know the answer will come Saturday at one o'clock. But do you think this team has found something with the volume of practice they've had? We've heard about two a days during the Christmas break. Once they got back, this this team is had basically a game a week for about three weeks. Do you, do you think they found something? Because they seem to put it together a little more against Wilmington last week. Um, what's your comfort level that this team's maybe found something headed into conference play they didn't have, say, a month ago? 
Right, and I, I know what you're getting at, and I and I for Razorback fans, you you hope that they do have they have found something um, because they just look better against Wilmington. They look different and they look better, um, and I think Eric Musselman has been able to reinforce, you know, like the tenets of of what he believes in and how you stay on the court, and I, you know, stopping the dribble driving was a big deal, and and Wilmington had a great team at it. Um, and they actually held uh, the, the, that great scorer, White, they held him down in the first half. And then um, in the second half, when they just didn't want to get torn up from three, they moved up on him, and he was able to drive and, and create. And, boy, what a great driver and penetrator he was. Um, so, uh, obviously, you got some guys like Katie Johnson that are really good at that for Auburn, and they're going to have to be on their guard. But, yeah, I do think, I, I do think they're more coherent um, or uh, together, and um, hopefully that will play well because they're going to need it with their with their net ranking. They've they've got to be well above water in SEC play. What have you seen with with the addition of Keon Minifield since his um, you know eligibility was in, uh, restored or, or however you want to phrase that? What, he seemed to find it in the Wilmington game, and I think after knocking off rust or just gelling, getting that cohesive uh, look like you're talking about there. What do you think he's bringing to the table, and can this, what we saw, can that be sustained? I'm not saying 32 points be sustained, but just the way he could get to the rim, the way he got to the free throw line, can can we see something uh, in at least shades of that moving forward consistently? You hope so, and, and, and just from the top, what he provide, basically a spark. Um, and to hear Eric Musselman tell it yesterday, um, when he's doing that, pe- people had been, you know, defending Devo Davis in a different way. And now with me, Minifield able to create, possibly break down your defense, Devo got a lot more open three-pointers. And, you know, you look at conference play last year, Davis was a great three-point shooter. He had not been great in non-conference in the year before, but he, he shot the three well in conference play. And if you've got Minifield doing the things he's doing, it's going to create better open shots on the perimeter for guys like Davis. And then if he can start making you pay, then you're opening up all kind of different, you know, ways to exploit defenses. And so um, I'd like to see Battle back uh, uh, at better strength after his ankle because when you've got scores like Mark and Minifield and Battle and Davis, um, it, it, it creates other things. It, gives, it gives Trevin Brazil a better shot to have, uh, a, you know, single man on him and uh, a little bit more shooting space out on the wing. So, um, Minifield has definitely been, and I talked to Takeo Sittler, the, the uh, Wilmington coach, about him, and he's like, wow, yeah, I was worried about him. They went down and broke down all his tape on at Washington and said, this guy, he can get his own shot. He creates for others. He, he breaks down your defense. So, there's a lot of advantages. And getting 17 free throw shots in the game is a huge deal if they can get close to that in in league play. Tom Murphy's with us here on the McCarty-Daniel Hotline. That's, Tom, twice you've mentioned Trevin Brazil, who's having a modest season thus far, 10 points, shooting 42% per three. Should we expect his ceiling to be higher as maybe Arkansas's best chance at an NBA prospect, or do you think he's kind of comfortable, must is comfortable in the the role he's playing in with being maybe the the third or, or fourth option in some cases? You know, that is a great question. And when you see them in their kind of set offense, he, he quite often gets the ball 16, 18 feet away from, from the goal. 
and um, sometimes just doesn't even look at the shot, and he's just looking to pass. And I know that they're they're wanting to to make quick decisions, pass it fast, but um, I mean his value as a three point shooter, I I think is good, and um, I I just feel like he's trying to be a good teammate. But there, there are times when he's got to look for his shot. And you see Battle and Minifield and Mark, all those guys from time to time look for their shot. And I think Brazil, um, is, there will be times in conference play he needs to be a little bit more um, aggressive and um, and do his thing because I, I think he's trying to be a, re- a good, willing team player. And he's got the ability to go off. And we've seen it. Um, and maybe he's being a little bit tentative with his driving because of the knee, um, and hopefully that will continue to improve. Tom, last thing before we let you go, this defensively has been the worst team thus far in Eric Musselman's tenure, and we got conference play, we got potential postseason. You think they're going to figure it out on that side of the basketball? Um, you know, the metrics say that, and you, you've got to think that they, they understand what their weaknesses are, uh, there's a little bit of a give and take with some of their best offensive players and what they do defensively, and you might have to live with that. Um, figure it out. Yeah, I think they know what they've got to do. A better lateral quickness, um, but it's led to some you know better block shots. The problem being when you're when you're driven past at the perimeter, um, and then your big man has to come over to help. That's going to leave get cutters uh, going to the hole. And SEC teams are probably going to be a little bit better at finding that and, and throwing lobs and stuff. And, and um, so to answer your question, I think they're going to get better at it. If they, if they completely figure it out, then they might have their ticket toward another postseason, deep postseason run. Tom, we'll leave it there this morning, man. We appreciate you joining us as always. And we'll recap this game and get into some other college football and Arkansas stuff next week. All right, sounds good. See you. All right, Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Chuck, we bring you back into the conversation. You've been through a lot of these. The, I don't know that it, in in reality it does, but it always feels like the first conference game, particularly when it's at home, carries a little more weight and a little more importance. Um, how do you feel or how do you approach the, you know, just as someone that calls the games and observes a lot, you know, does this first game feel like it carries a little more weight in your mind? I think it does. I think all conference games do, but I think the conference opener, just because it's the first league game, yes, I think it. Uh, I think it's got a little bit of extra weight. Doesn't mean that it's going to determine the worth of your season, but certainly it's what a lot of people pay attention to. And you know, Arkansas. This and look, the league's good. Um, I don't care how many teams are ranked right now. There's a lot of teams out there good enough to beat you, and Auburn's one of them. And then you go on the road, and you've got Georgia and Florida back-to-back. Both those teams are 10-3. and three. You know, both those teams, now they didn't play quite the schedules Arkansas did, but they're better than they were a year ago, and you've got to play both of them on the road. So um, it, it makes Saturday's game an important game from that perspective. But, yes, to have a conference opening ball game, it um, – you know, you realize that the calendar's flipped and um, there's a little more sense of urgency. You've had some epic battles with Auburn, too. Yeah. I mean, you think about I know everyone points to the being the number one team in the country, but two years before that, Mason Jones dropped, what, 40? And you went into overtime with him and lost to Samir Dowdy and those guys. So Pearl's got a great team. He's only missed the NCAA tournament, I think, once. So this will be, a, uh, I think, a great game on Saturday. Yeah, I didn't really realize this, to be honest with you. I was looking at the notes last night. But Arkansas has won four of the last five 
over Auburn, uh, in, including a win at the conference tournament last year. That doesn't have anything to do with what's going to happen on Saturday afternoon. But, um, you know, Arkansas and Auburn, to your point, have, have certainly had some good games. When I was in uh, Little Rock over Christmas break, or I guess I guess it's Christmas break, I, I saw a couple of those, those views down there at this point. But, yeah, it does feel weird. I feel naked not having, like, three pounds of hair on me. It looked like uh, I got the haircut yesterday. There was just a... You'll have to get you a toboggan. Yeah. Keep that head. I didn't know better. Warm. I'd say you were, lo- you were going to a job interview. I know, man. Ooh. It's, it's, well, it's, you look sharp. You look sharp. like you're looking for Thank a job. I had a, listen, I had a young lady. Give that, that boy a raise. Well, that's, that's, trust me, that's coming in 2024. <laughs> Tommy knows that. <laughs> so that's something we've, we're, we're going to discuss. In fact, I was going to take him out to lunch. Oh, boy. The once a year. Listen, yeah. there's one thing that you, death taxes and me taking Tommy out, for some sort of food item at least once a year. Is Ruth Chris open for lunch? Is, is, is uh, Doe's open for lunch? Who, who's open that's expensive, Chuck? We need something oh, expensive. Herman, like, go to, we'll go see Nick at Herman's and uh, Nick, get us a steak ready. So. Fair, I'll get a I'll get a Philly cheesesteak. You can get whatever steak you want. So <laughs> The uh, biggest one Nick has. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't, if I had the choice, someone got on to me the other day. It's like, if I had the choice of, of having a, a Philly cheese, like in Chicago, for example. Yeah. We go to this expensive Gibson Steakhouse, world world famous, and I just gotten ripped for him. I and everyone else getting these nice big porterhouses and stuff. And there's prime rib sandwich on the menu, and we're rolled with. You're just a simple, simple man. Simple You're a simple man. man. Simpleton, yeah. can't help it, farm man. boy, farm yeah. boy. <laughs> Let me see them hands. Let me see. You still got all them calluses from all that manual labor? I don't see any. Push no. came to shove. I mean, if if it really came down I think to those it, those are from labor. And uh, I think I could I could do it for a day. Maybe not a week or a month or a year. You know what? A full a full work day is eight hours for most people. And on a farm, no, it's a more farm. like 12. On a farm, it's a like farm 12. It's Daylight 12. to exhaustion on yeah. the farm, yeah. man. Listen, well, but exhaustion to him may be noon. <laughs> listen, white-collar look, blue-collar mentality. That's how I approach okay. everything in life. Yeah, I may look okay. like I'm white-collar, but I got that blue-collar. Did you, did you read that on a sign somewhere? No, it's my own, it's my own personal. <laughs> Facebook meme. It's my own Facebook yeah. meme. You copy exact, that and yeah. claim it as your own. No, uh-huh. it's, yeah, that is 100% Ty Richardson authentic. Mm-hmm. Call it a tieism or whatever you want to call it, but that is a that is a staple. Well, there's a tieism, it'd be spelled incorrectly and out of context. So, uh, and it's or just a flat out lie, which, <laughs> which it may be in this case. Hey, that's a nice poster on a wall, man. It'll yeah, look good. But you do have a good looking haircut. Yeah. Thank Chuck you. is right about that, and it does have a touch of grain. Once, once a year, man. What happens when you turn thirty? Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So we had mentioned this just yet. looks like Arkansas has found its wide receiver coach, Ronnie Fouch, as reported by 247 Sports Football Scoop. That's not Garrick McGee. It's not Garrick McGee. That's not Michael Smith. But it is a a Bobby Petrino connection who worked under him at both Louisville and Missouri State. So there is a connection there. Um... Again, football scoop. We mentioned this earlier. I think this week or last week, when football scoop has something, what ninety nine percent of the time, it's pretty accurate. 
And yeah, they're, they're not always right, but they're they're generally onto something. You yeah. know, LSU fired their whole defensive staff, and um, I don't know that it'll have any effect here or anywhere else. But when when one SEC school fires an entire side of the ball. Uh, there are generally some dominoes that start dropping yeah. here and there. I would be worried if I was Sam Pittman that Brian Kelly would hire Travis Williams. It's a hard sell, though, in a place like Baton Rouge and LSU to go hire a coach from a team that just went 4-8, though. That, that, that's one thing from a, from a marketing and, and just a, a perception standpoint. No, you're right about that. that it's, I, hard, it's, it's hard to, to fire your whole staff and then go hire someone that had a worse record than you just had. Yeah, and from a from a fan standpoint, that's all well and true. What do we always say? It's about what I mean. Just because the fans think it's thirty day, Travis Williams would be a great hire for LSU, and I have no. Well, idea. I'm, I'm not, not disagreeing not, with I'm that. Not, but, yeah, that's but, not my but, point. So. They're not going to hire him as their defensive the, coordinator. When I saw I when I saw Matt House getting fired, that's the first thing I thought well, of. Was Arkansas better hope that Travis? Because let's call a spade a spade. There is more talent, as bad as they were defensively last year. There is more talent in Baton Rouge right now on that side of the football than what Arkansas has. You lost Chris Poupal. You lost Jaheim Thomas. You lost Greer to the draft. You lost Trajan Jeffco to the draft. You lost a lot of your key pieces. Let's not put two team. and two together when there's nothing to put together yet. I, I mean, yeah, he, he, he'd he be fine for anybody, but but let's not just pull stuff out of the air. Um, um, we, we don't have any idea if anything like that's going on. Um, and my comment wasn't, had, didn't have anything to do with his coaching ability or whether he could do the job. I'm just saying as a head coach, you generally don't fire your staff and go replace the coordinator in particular with someone who comes from a team that just went four and eight. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Arkansas women basketball back in action tonight in Rupp Arena, 6 o'clock on the SEC Network Plus as they get ready to take on their first SEC opponent of the season. No people excited to see what Mike Neighbors is. Is that can... tonight? Yes, it is tonight. Okay, six, right. 6 o'clock on the, again, SEC Network Plus at this point, which I think people have figured out at this point in time. Uh, last thing here in your hog update, we were talking about Auburn and Arkansas's basketball game with them on Saturday. You, the basketball team starts conference play as well. A little different playing in the SEC. Must mention guys like Devo, Jalen Graham, Makai Mitchell that have played in this league, kind of helping the other guys out. Battle, Ellis, Minifield, what they should be expecting on Saturday and moving forward. And we have some guys as well that, and you mentioned you know, Debo Davis has a lot of experience in SEC play, and certainly a guy like Jalen Graham has a year under his belt. And, and T. Brazil's got a couple years of, of playing in this league. So Kai Mitchell. So we have some guys as well that uh, hopefully can, can shed some light to our new guys about the importance, how every game is tight, how every game is, is a hard-fought contest. You know, so certainly that, that all becomes factors. So you got... Ellis coming over from Louisville again. Battles coming over from Butler and Temple. Uh, Minifield at Washington. I mean, a lot of these conferences that they were playing, they're not bad at all, but it is a different level. Is the SEC is maybe as good as it's been in your past? Probably not, but you're still playing higher caliber competition week in and week out than maybe what these guys are used to, at least the new additions rather than the old guys. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, the NIL's probably got a little something to do with it as well, too. So um, 
Um, but, you know, you would expect an SEC team, particularly one that's ranked like Auburn, to have a lot of good players, and they do. I mean, Bruce Pearl's I mean, he's, he's always done a great job there. And you get into conference play now, and there really aren't a lot of secrets. I mean, these guys have all coached against one another. They, they, they know each other's t- uh, tendencies. And, um, you know, they, they, there's so much video you can watch now, and there's no substitute for having – you know, coached against somebody or played against somebody. And that's the one thing that I'll say about Saturday's game. You know, you look at some of the guys Arkansas has got back inside, Mitchell and Brazil. Uh, you know, Devo's back in the backcourt. Well, Auburn's got a lot of guys back, too. Yeah. And these guys kind of have a little history against one another. They don't like Devo. I can tell you that. They don't like Devo at Auburn. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a – uh, there's going to be a different feel to it, different emotion to it Saturday. And I don't know, uh, Eric, Eric Musselman's never going to say this publicly, but the coach he hates the least, or hates the most in his league is Nate Oates. And I don't know where <laughs> Pearl ranks. on. There seems to be, at least from what I can tell, mutual respect. They don't like each other on the court. That's part of it. But I'm curious, in the because he kind of referenced it a little bit yesterday. It's like, we know these guys. We have relationships. There's somewhat rivalries curious if there's much one between Muss and Neither one of us playing, though. Neither one of us playing. That's a good point. Uh, Pearl could post him up, I'll bet you. (laughs) Muss could probably take him to the rack. Pearl could post post him him up. up. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices. Now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Now I want to exclude my stepmom. My step-grandma, my friend Parker, who's in law school in Alabama from this list. But outside of those three wonderful people, we know the majority of that fan base are toothless, <laughs> illiterate inbreds. And after losses in Tuscaloosa, it does not sit well with that fan base. So I want to share with you this morning on a Too Stupid Thursday some of the idiocy that stems. <laughs> Is that right? No. Idiotic oh, things. Idiocy. Idiocy. You're groping for. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that comes out of Alabama following a loss. He looks old, worn out, and he's, it's time for him to go. I really believe that. It's time for Saban to go. And I don't care whether he wins another game. I'm not even interested in football, except for Alabama. But I'm not interested anymore, really. I'm tired of football. I really am. I've had it all my life. Hey, Jeff, I'm, ha- I'm really tired. You as, as, as a- I've never seen Harbaugh. I've never seen him or anything. I just knew his name, and that's all. When I saw his face and saw him talking at presser mm. Sunday with, uh, with Saban, and then when I saw him last night raving and ranting, and just his looks, that guy's a dumbass, Paul. That's all I, I, I know he's a good coach. Tommy Reese nutted up in the big game. He nutted up, Paul. Tommy Reese nutted up. He had a nut lock, Paul. Dude had a nut lock. 
You know, I had to listen to that BS. Let me tell you something. I man, I hope a thousand fleas climbed up your a hole. I, I'll tell you something. I hope your New Year's is miserable every freaking day. I hope you do not have a good day ever the rest of your old miserable, cantankerous, hate bama life. Now you take that and roll it up and stick it up where that sun don't shine way up there. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Now roll tide and kiss it. Toothless, illiterate inbreds. Alabama fans, football-wise, excluding the three kind and lovely people that I mentioned at this point. Following losses, I mean, I love sports talk radio in Arkansas, but I always listen to Paul Feinbaum and WJOX in Birmingham because if you think it gets nuts on these airwaves, and I know y'all have done radio more than I had, and there's probably calls I've missed, texts I've missed over the years that have been egregious over the top and everything. But again, on a Too Stupid Thursday, there is no stupider fan or dumber fan base in all of sports than Alabama football fans now, following the now, now, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, but who was in here on Tuesday saying, well, Saban hadn't won one in three years. It's he time hasn't. for his career. To, it's over. Who was, in here, who was in here beating that drum on Tuesday morning that it's he's basically re- regurgitating what you just played for the callers? Who was in here, Ty, on Tuesday morning? saying that. I can't remember. Help refresh. College football's caught up to Nick Saban. Longest tenure of his career, we hadn't won a national title. (laughs) They've caught up to him. They're not not dominating like they used to, which is great. And when Texas and Oklahoma join the league next year, it's going to change things. We saw Texas Mm. going to Tuscaloosa and beat the absolute you-know-what out of Alabama this year. You know, Ty, you know how much I love to mock your opinions, but I actually think you're right. I actually think you're right on this one, or at least I think you're headed in the right direction. I think next year's crucial for Alabama. Does Saban, does he go the way that it went with Paterno and Bowden at the end and some of the other guys who were the titans of the sport? Does it fade? Are they, I mean, they'll still be good. They'll still be good, but I think next year is a really crucial year because if they don't win it next year, and look, it's an unfair standard. But it was an unfair standard on those other guys, too. Mm -hmm. It's an unfair standard on Saban. But if he doesn't win it next year, if he doesn't win it next year, there are going to be a lot more people say it's over. And it might be. They're not going to. At least in terms of winning national titles. Listen, it was a play away. So so you're putting dirt on the grave right now. At least next year. I love Jalen Milrow. He's not leading them to a championship next year. He's back. They lost nine guys. As soon as that game ended, nine guys hit the portal. All they've you have lost to do tell Ty's headed in the right they, direction and listen to him. I mean, lost, oh. goes crazy. They've lost guys to the draft. We know they've lost. And, yes, they're all punished. They're a place, whatever. Guys, recruiting. Alabama used to have the number one recruiting class every single year. Georgia's taking I know they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, but Georgia's taking players now. You got Texas has taken players that had a top three recruiting class. The recruiting landscape has changed. And I know that NIL and transfer portal, you may not like it, but it's changed things. And when you look at the college football landscape currently, there is a lot more parity now than there was when Bama was dominating. Because you, you basically run through, right? You had, when they won in 2009, they lost at Cam Newton and company 2010. Then they had two in a row. Then they had a couple. But again, 
longest stretch in Nick Saban's career where he hasn't won a national championship. He was there three years ago. They didn't win it, though. Because, again, college football has caught up. Well, well uh, Georgia's replaced Alabama uh, over the over the last three years. You're you're you know the time you're talking about Saban not winning it. It's not like you know they've been lousy. It's not like they've just fallen by the wayside. Georgia took their place as the preeminent program in the SEC. But I do think next year's important. I'm not saying he won't pull a rabbit. Uh, out like he did this year. I mean, I thought this was one of his best coaching jobs this year because I can tell you by in the middle and latter parts of October, they, were, they weren't anywhere close to the way they ended up. But um, I agree with you. I, I, I think next year's a crucial year. I'm not going to go as far as some of the things you said, but I think you're on the right track. Well, a higher authority has weighed in, that Who's being that? my wife, oh, who apparently is listening this morning, and she says, tell Ty, stupider is not a word. I said dumb. Yeah. I, re- I quickly replaced that with dumber. You notice how quick I was dumber, to, to change dumber, that, which yeah. is a... Dumb, dumber, dumbest. Mm-hmm. I'll take... Well, that is a category that you probably... And I fall into them. from yeah. time to time. Now, Alabama's schedule. You Again, we mentioned the pulling the rabbit out of the hat this year. It helped when all their tough games were at home. Heck, heck, we should have beat them in Tuscaloosa, if not for Rashad Dominion tripping on air or Jalen Milrow making the throw of his life when he's getting hit... It goes over Jaheim Thomas by an inch and under that wide receiver. If uh, Jane Johnson's picking that off and KJ's leading us down, we're winning that football game for the first time since 2006. First time in Tuscaloosa since 2003. They got lucky this year to get to that point. And all their tough games were at home. I know they got Georgia at home next year, but their schedule's more difficult this year than it was last year. Do you know how many times over the last 15 years people have said, we had him, we had him right there in Tuscaloosa. If that pass hadn't gone an inch over our linebacker's hand or if that quarterback hadn't tripped over air or that running back hadn't tripped over the yard line, we'd won that game. (laughs) Alabama's, I mean, that's what Saban's made a living off of is other people saying we almost had him. Well, they go, they're tough games next year. They'll go, and again, I said they got Georgia at home. They'll go to Tennessee, to LSU, to Oklahoma, and then they get Auburn at home, which I think, based on what Hugh Freeze did in Jordan Aaron game one, that will be a really good football game next year. I'm just hoping. I, y'all know I'm sick of Alabama, sick fatigue and everything. But again, I love that I can sit here on, what's today, Thursday, December the 4th, and say that Alabama is not a national champion because I said it all leading up to the summer. I said it during the fall, and they're not there. Which is well, you know, one thing you got to think about, and we've talked about, you know, Alabama's dominance in the league, and, and we've said to an extent, you know, Georgia's passed him. Maybe not by leaps and bounds, but Georgia's passed him. Well, I mean, you know, there's Texas in the equation now, and can Ole Miss pass Alabama? Um, can Texas come into the league and beat him again? You know, um, Texas A&M came into the league. They had some success against Alabama with Johnny Football, and then it kind of all fell by the wayside after that. Um, Is is Texas back for good? Um, You know, is is, is Georgia here to stay? You know, those are are things we're going to find out. I I tend to think Georgia is here to stay, and I, I think... I think Texas has resurrected itself a lot better than maybe we thought they might. Here's the thing about Georgia that needs to be mentioned. Smart's 1-5 against Saban. So as good as they've been during this stretch, 
which I guess it's been three national championships, a couple SEC championships. He's only beaten Saban once, and that was when the best two wide receivers in college football that year got injured and couldn't play for Nick Saban. Well, I think one thing you've got to remember, too, and every coach that plays Alabama says this, you can't get beat before the game starts. And uh, there is a psychological hurdle that Georgia has not been able to, to, to cross over in terms of beating Alabama because they're better than Alabama. They're a better team for every week of this season than Alabama, except in the SEC championship game. It's the only week this year Georgia wasn't better, even without Brock Bowers. So uh, um, they've... There's something going on there, but, um, and, you know, I'll say this, you're, you're not going to convince me otherwise, with the exception of Washington, Georgia would have beat any of those teams oh. in the playoff, and I'm not so sure they wouldn't have beat Washington, but I am sure they'd have beaten the other three. I think it's a fascinating discussion that we have ahead of us for Monday night with Michigan and Washington. you got strength on strength. you got the best offensive line in college football versus the best defensive line in college football. You've got a Heisman Trophy finalist in Penix, who I think has proved to everyone in our country that he can play against anybody. And you say, well, he hasn't beaten an SEC team yet. Guys, I think he would have success against Georgia or Alabama if they play. They might not win, but he would be able to throw all over the yard. So I'm, I'm, I know there's not an SEC. There ain't a Southern team Monday night. I, I cannot wait to watch that game on Monday night. Well, if 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 Washington's offensive line gives Penix time to throw, and they've got any semblance of a running game, they'll win. Yeah. Um, if if Michigan whips them at the line of scrimmage the way they did against Alabama, disrupts their offense, they'll be in the game. Uh, but I, I, I just don't know that Michigan can score enough points. Um, I, I just think Washington's going to put, you know, they're going to they're going to put twenty five, thirty points on the board, and I'm not sure Michigan can do that. Maybe they can, but uh, man, if I had to pick somebody right now, I'd pick Washington. Don't you? What, just what does it say about just college football and the irony and the, I, I guess somehow how the storylines play out that the Pac twelve is dead, but yet. On their way out, they're going to win a national championship, which we well, I remember us mocking their commissioner George or, Clark, yeah. back in the summer when when he he made the statement, you know, you know what, what's it what's it going to be like for you in six months? Because we're going to be celebrating a national championship in football, and we all laughed and mocked, and well, here they are. Well, point. I think what this does point out is how the adults in the room really did screw that up out there. Because they still play an entertaining brand of football. And the one thing that gives me pause is I say, I think Washington's going to win. You know, I step back and say, listen, man, you're telling people that a Pac-12 team is going to beat a Big Ten team to win the national title. And I realize that's a mouthful. Uh, But, uh, you know, it really does point out when you look at how entertaining, for better or worse, Pac-12 football was this year. It points out how much the adults have screwed this up because those kids were still playing a really entertaining brand of football, and there's every reason for the Pac-12 to stay together. Now, I don't buy into this Bill Walton Conference of Champions style. I'm, I'm, I'm not that big an advocate for him, but I will say this. College sports is losing a lot with the disintegration of the Pac-12, and... Um, you know, I think they ought to be ashamed of themselves, but that's a different story. Well, on that note, you think about Michigan's schedule next year where they got to go to Seattle. They're playing, and then they also host Texas. And that's not Somebody's a. has got to go to Oregon, too. Yeah, it's not an interconference opponent. But I do what I think is inviting, not just in our country, in the SEC, with the Oklahoma Alabama match, and I mentioned all these different Texas games that will be involved. 
This Big Ten next year is going to be nuts. I mean, you're, you're, you like the SEC. So is our I, league. Yeah. So is our league. I would argue, now, no one's going to take my side on this because you like SEC football. I understand that. I would argue there's going to be better matchups week to week in the Big Ten than the SEC with the additions of Oregon, UCLA, USC, and Washington. I think that the, those four teams, when you can mock them all, we'll see want. how good those teams are. But well, UCLA's not been very good. Yeah, UCLA's I mean, not been any good. Yeah, and USC's been underachieving, but they certainly bring you know that, brand that, power, that yeah. LA brand with yeah. them. There's no doubt about that. Agree with you on that. Both look, both leagues are going to have great matchups. Both uh, leagues are going to have great matchups. They got more teams and more, and, and I would I would argue they got more brand power right now at the top. Now, whether those teams they've are any good... They've got bigger media markets up right. there. And they've got some bigger media markets. But I don't know those teams are going to be any good. You know what the Big Ten's going to do as soon as... Either they're going to... They've already done it. They're like, alright, we got two big teams. Even though that Washington is technically a Pac-12 school right now, they're pushing the two big teams. Well, in, you'd expect in them to do that. But if it was Texas and Bama, the league Sankey would do the would same. Say the, yeah. saying, say, Sanky yeah. would do the exact same right. thing, which is, again... In fact, we'd count it. Flush the, fl- count the bucket. Flush it. We, Flush we'd it. count it. If, if Texas had won, we'd count it as an SEC title. And I, I think what people, they've got, and I know there's other elements to football. I know you've got lines of scrimmage. I know you've got skill position players. But when you have a dynamic quarterback like a Deshaun Watson, like a Michael Penix, that's not an SEC guy, right? And you're like, oh, this guy can't handle an SEC defense or he can't beat so-and-so, whatever. It's a great equalizer in college football. This Penix kid, you may have not watched a lick of him this year. He might be better than Jaden Daniels. I mean, you watched Dan- and Daniels did in the SEC. He did it week in, week out. Their defense sucked. If they didn't, he'd be in the national championship right now. This Penix kid can spin it, man. He did it last year. He's doing it this year. And he will be the difference come Monday night when Washington is the national champion of 2024. You may very well be right. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that I think if we'd seen every week, you know, if we'd seen every week the way we did Daniels and, and the guys that, you know, play in our part of the world, um, you know, we might have been, you know, much higher on him because I was blown away the way he played Monday night. That was a really, you know, Texas is not a great defense, and I knew it would be a wide-open game, but he um, um, he's the real deal. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.